Thank you very much. It is good to be back at uh, Long Run, and it's always, uh, it's always a blessing to come back and be with you and preach for you. It's always good to see your smiling faces once again. Uh, I always enjoy uh, just seeing how, how big the kids have gotten since a year ago. And uh, the young ladies are growing up to be beautiful young ladies, and uh, the young guys, they're growing up to be beautiful young guys. And uh, it's just, uh, it, it just neat to see our kids grow, isn't it? And, uh, but also, not only physically, it's neat to see them grow spiritually. And uh, it's so cool to see them uh, grow in the Lord and be nurtured in Christ. And uh, so I commend you for that. Uh, I always enjoy coming back here because I love your pastor and his, uh, his children. Uh, not only that, uh, I love you and uh, appreciate you. Appreciate uh, uh, some of the help that you've given us in the planning of churches all around the world. And uh, that's why we travel. That's why I travel. That's why I uh, take the time to go to various places all around the country here in May. I will not only be in Missouri, I'll be here all week. But uh, as some would say, I'll be in misery all week. And, uh, <laughs> and so, that's right. And then uh, later on in the month, I'll go to L.A., and uh, then we're going to fly through Las Vegas. And uh, I'm going to you know, try not to lose any of my money or anything like that. The best way not to lose money in Las Vegas is just don't gamble. And so if you'll uh, remember that, uh, that'll, that'll save you a lot of heartache. And, uh, and remember that uh, the house always wins. That's what I've been told anyway. Tabitha, she was explaining the better things of life to me on the Oaxaca trip last year, that uh, when you gamble, that you're going to lose because the house always wins. you remember telling me about that? You don't? All right. Well, no one will ever know that you really didn't. But uh, uh, it's, uh, uh, so we'll be, we'll be there and uh, just just various places, and the rest of the year is going to be busy, uh, just traveling, preaching in churches, uh, just not only to be try to be a blessing, but uh, to let uh, churches like this know that we, we want to partner with you, and we want to uh, together uh, start churches and evangelize the world, and uh, that's so, so very important. I think you received my card. Uh, if you've not received one, we can give that to you. I've got one for 2022. Uh, the one that's hot off the press, I think, is the one that you received. And so, uh, God willing, another $29,000 will allow us to finish all the projects and supporting 200 churches this year all around the world. And uh, then another $200,000 uh, to support uh, 500 churches on five continents starting in 2023. And our goal is to start 5,000 churches and finance 5,000 churches over the next decade. And uh, I'm 66 years of age. Uh, I'll be 67 August 9th of this year. Uh, I don't have too much longer to live on planet Earth. So I've got to be busy. Amen? And one day when I stand before the Lord, I, I, I need all the service I can get. And all the giving, and all the mercy, and all the repentance. And, and uh, I need all the rewards that I can get. And so uh, I want to hear well done. I think you do too. And that's another reason why I enjoy coming to Long Run is because uh, y'all believe something here. Uh, y'all have some convictions. Y'all have uh, you know, a few standards in your life, and uh, all, all that's good. And so uh, one day we're going to stand before the Lord, and we're going to give an account of our lives, of, of 
of what we did and what we knew and what we knew to do and, uh, and, and actually what we, what we did and aspired to. And so uh, I like that verse in Corinthians. It says, uh, it took me a long time to understand it. In fact, there's a lot of scriptures that uh, I really didn't understand until the kingdom teaching became clear. And one of those is there in Corinthians when it says that many aspire but few obtain. Many aspire, but few obtain. And when you understand the kingdom teaching, uh, that verse takes on a whole new meaning. And so uh, y'all believe something here. And so I always enjoy coming back. Uh, We're going to be going to Oaxaca in uh, July once again. And so anybody that wants to go to Oaxaca with us, we'd love for you to go. We'd love for your your children to go with us. Uh, You can ask the ladies here that have been. And they'll tell you that we always have a good time. And uh, then the end of November, the first week of December, we're going to be going to Israel. And we're hooking up with another group, a church group out of Florida. And we're going to be going to Israel for about 10 days. And we're going to celebrate the birth of Christ in Bethlehem in December. And so if you have an interest in that, you're welcome to uh, uh, get one of our little brochures. And we would, uh, we would love, love for you to go. I want you to please open your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. While you do, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the salvation, the common salvation that you have given us. We thank you for the great salvation. Uh, Lord, we are are so thankful for uh, all that you have done for us, are doing for us, and will do for us in the future. We thank you for justification, sanctification, for glorification one day. And Lord, help us understand how all of those are related. And we know that the death of Christ uh, and the resurrection of Christ provides those things for us. And so, Lord, we just ask you as we look into Romans chapter 5 here today that uh, it will be a blessing. I pray that you would give us understanding, help us to see with our eyes, help us to see with our hearts, Uh, May the Holy Spirit of God uh, teach us something that maybe we have never seen in Scripture before. And Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 5, I want to talk to you about the much more of salvation. The much more of justification. The much more of reconciliation. And I believe that there is much more to the Christian life than uh, what we understand sometimes. And uh, as a result of not understanding that, we, I think, miss out. And one day may miss out when we stand before Christ. And so uh, getting saved is so very important. If you're not saved here today, I pray that this will be the day that your common salvation will take place. Uh, This salvation that Christ, because of his death, has uh, given to each and every one of us the opportunity to believe on him in faith. And so if you're not saved, I pray that you will be. But if you are saved, I pray that you will understand the much more of salvation and the much more of justification here today. Romans chapter 5, beginning with verse number 1, says this, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, 
Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Amen. Aren't you glad that he died for you? Yes, sir. Verse 7. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Say that with me. Christ, Christ died, died for, for us. Verse 9. Much more. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Verse 11. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more. Say though with me, much more. The grace of God and the gift of God, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Verse 16. And not as it was by one that sinned, so it is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's, one man's offense death reigned by one, say it with me, much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, verse 18, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did what? Much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Romans chapters 1 through 3 are all about sin, apostasy, condemnation, judgment, guilt. This is the bad news. However, the good news is Romans chapters 4 and 5 are all about justification, salvation, forgiveness, reconciliation. They are also about abounding and reigning. You may ask, what is justification? Well, justification is a legal term describing our perfect standing before God. 
Justification is also a doctrinal term declaring sinners, enemies of God, just, perfect, righteous, saved, His children because of His Son's death on the cross and our faith in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as our Savior and as our Deliverer. So here's the good news again. Romans chapter 4 tells us that justification is by faith, not works. Here's the good news. Romans 4 tells us that justification is by grace, not law. And here's the good news. Romans chapter 4 tells us that justification is by resurrection power, not human effort. Then Romans chapter 5 continues the good news by giving to us the blessings and the basis of justification. What are they? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked, because I was going to tell you anyway. Here are some of the blessings. We have peace. We have access to God. We have the hope of glory. We have daily confidence. We have a love of God. We have sanctification. We have abounding and righteousness and reigning. We have life. And it's all because of one man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this afternoon, it would be so easy to stop right here because most preachers do. It would be so easy to to bask in the blessings of forgiveness. Aren't you glad that you're forgiven? Aren't you glad that whatever sins you've committed, Jesus, in the process of reconciling you to His heavenly Father, our heavenly Father, God the Father, He has forgiven us of every single sin that we've committed. Aren't you glad of that? Man, what a wonderful, wonderful truth that is. That is our standing in Christ. Uh, But it would be so easy to bask in the blessings of forgiveness. Uh, When I was pastoring uh, and and uh, we, we would have someone come, and uh, we'd have many come at times, and they would walk the aisle, and, and they would call upon the name of the Lord, and they would be saved. And man, they, they, many times they would cry, and they were under conviction, and, 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 and just, I mean, their lives were changed and transformed. It, that, that forgiveness, that, that box load of sin that is released, Uh, What what a wonderful thing, but it would be so easy to bask in the blessings of forgiveness today if we're not careful, as important as that may be. This afternoon, it would be so easy to enjoy our perfect standing before a holy God and and just enjoy that alone. Uh, It it, it would be easy to just die and just go to heaven. Uh, There are some Christians that are like that. They're saved. Uh, the world's horrible. Uh, let's just die and go to heaven. <laughs> you know? never, never, never reminded themselves that we have a responsibility to go into this world and just make it a little prettier by, by sharing the love of Christ. <laughs> we, we need to stop looking for, well, we don't need to stop looking for the coming of the Lord. We need to look for the coming of the Lord, but... We, we need to do more than just look for the coming of the Lord. Until He comes while we're looking and watching, we need to do something. Yes, 
It'd be so easy to enjoy our perfect standing before holy God. It would be so easy here in Romans uh, 5 to, to just die and go to heaven, to, to commemorate the death of Christ and celebrate His resurrection as we did a few weeks ago. It'd be so easy to just pray and go home and eat brunch until next year. That would be the easy thing to do today. And, and, and I want you to know that most churches... I say most, I'm generalizing to some degree, but I think most churches today, uh, they come on Sunday morning, they hear another salvation message, uh, saved people hear another salvation message, that's probably the last thing that most people need to hear today is just another salvation message. Because we've been saved. We've believed on Christ. (laughs) We need to hear the much more of salvation. I mean, we, we want to be reminded of, of our sins being forgiven. Thank God. I mean, I go back when I was six years of age when I received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, and what a wonderful experience that was. But I want you to know, now 60 years later, there is much more to attain. There is much more to do. There is much more to accomplish. There's so much more to when I got saved at six years of age than just getting saved at six years of age. There's the common salvation, but there's also the great salvation. It would be so easy to focus on just being saved. So many do. And if we did, we would miss out on the much more of justification, the much more of reconciliation, the much more of salvation. Because Romans chapter 5 explains to us that there is much more to life than just getting saved. There's much more to grace and salvation. There's much more to the gift of grace. There's, the much, there's much more to the death of Christ. There's much more to reconciliation and justification and imputation. There is much more to this one man, the Lord Jesus Christ, than just his death. As important as that is. Yes, the death of Jesus provides us the basis of justification. But the life of Jesus provides us the much more. Can I say that again? Uh, A couple of you may have dozed off on that particular point. Just in case, let, let 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 me say that again. You ready? You ready? The death of Jesus provides us the basis of justification, but the life of Jesus provides us the much more. His resurrection life provides sanctification, a life that counts, a life that abounds, the ability to make, uh, to make progress in the Christian experience. Uh, it provides our state in Christ, not just our standing in Christ. It provides the ability to reign with Christ. It, it allows us to bring praise and, and power and glory one day to Him in His coming presence. The death of Christ provides the basis But the life of Christ provides the blessings, the much more of salvation. This is why Romans chapter 5 says in verse number 10, read it with me again. Verse number 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, By the death of his son, we shall be saved by his life. I was in a church service not too long ago, and my wife was sitting next to me, and the preacher read that verse, and 
He talked about justification, reconciliation, salvation. And he talked about uh, the, you know, the, all that Christ has done for us and how he has saved us and so on and so forth. And then he went on with his message. And I leaned over to my wife and I said, I'm confused. I'm confused. Now, if we weren't in church, she probably would have looked at me and said, well, what's, uh, you know, what, what's new? Uh, but uh, we were in church, so she was being real spiritual that day. She, did, she, she gave me a little, little grace. And uh, ladies, you need to give your husband just a little grace once in a while. And, uh, uh, because we, we need all the grace that we can get. We, we need all the mercy that we can get. Amen, guys? And so uh, I looked over at her and I said, I'm, I'm confused. I'm confused. It says that we are reconciled by his death, but it says we shall be saved by his life. That, that, just, that just didn't make, there's, there's something that, there, there were some red flags that went off in my mind. And I'm thinking, if we're, if, we're, if we're reconciled by his death, how can we be saved by his life? It seemed to me there was two different things. And, and so I, I went to the Greek. When I don't know what, what to do, I go to the Greek. I figured, it, 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 uh, you know, I, it's sad. I, well, that's what I do. I go to the Greek. And uh, I went to the Greek. I think you're going to like this. Uh, I went to the Greek, and, and I found out this word saved here means to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, from injury or peril, to preserve one who is in danger of destruction, to save or rescue. It means to deliver from the penalties of the messianic judgment. Now can we have an amen on the front row? To save from the evils which obstruct the reception of the messianic deliverance. And everyone on the front row said, Amen. Amen. I don't like it when the preacher says, oh me. I got to keep preaching until I I get an oh my or something or an amen. We are... We are reconciled by the death of Christ. But we are saved from wrath and peril and destruction. One day when we stand before Christ because of his resurrected life. That's why we celebrate the resurrection of Christ every year. That's why we celebrate it every Sunday. We are reconciled by his death, but we are saved by his life, his resurrected life. Listen, there is much more. There is much more. You see, this verse emphasizes a contrast between his death and his life, a difference between the past and the present, a difference between the common salvation and the great salvation. It it emphasizes a connection between justification, the basis, and sanctification, the blessings. It is a resemblance between this life and the life to come, because this life is just a big, gigantic, spiritual job interview for what will take place in the life to come. This verse, verse 10, emphasizes a continuation between the spiritual kingdom and the millennial kingdom on earth. That's what our glorification is all about. It's based on our sanctification. Our sanctification is based on getting justified in the first place. It's like a telescope. It just... And I'll be very truthful. I'm not even sure that 
everyone, every Christian is going to be glorified. I, I think we're all going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye, but I'm not, I'm not sure that even every Christian is going to be glorified. I think maybe there's a difference. I could be wrong. On the way back to Avi, your pastor will explain to me if I am. All I'm trying to say is there's just much more to the Christian life than just getting saved. I have a friend I met about 15 years ago. Smart guy, smart dude. After I tell you what he believes, you'll probably wonder why I said he was so smart, but there's a lot of smart people that, that are wrong. And, and uh, uh, I, I met him about 15 years ago or, or, or so, and he, he's an author, he's a writer, he's a speaker, he, he's kind of gotten a little fame in the Indiana area, and I ran into him at a political rally a couple, a, a couple of months ago, and, and so a few weeks ago I thought, you know, I'm going to take him to lunch. Uh, I've read some of his books, some of his pamphlets, uh, he doesn't really say he doesn't really come out and say what he believes directly, but he kind of just hum, you know, ho-hums around about it, you know, and, and he's, not, he's not real clear sometimes. But I, I, I thought that I read enough that I kind of figured out where he was going, and, and so uh, I, I took him to lunch, bought him lunch a few weeks ago. And he says, and I know what he's thinking. He's probably wondering, oh, this guy here, he's here to beat me up. You know, he read my stuff, and he's here to, you know, really get on me. And uh, we, we understand that, don't we? And, uh, and so he says, well, why, why, did, why did you want to go to lunch? And I said, oh, well, I was reading some of your books. And he got, a, got that look on his face like, oh, here it comes. And uh, I said, uh, I, I just want to discuss it with you, learn from you. Oh, oh, well, okay. Well, he, he's a preterist. And, uh, and so he was explaining that, uh, uh, why he was a preterist and so on and so forth. And, and, and I understand why... People get all upset with premillennialists. I understand that because most premillennialists aren't doing anything when it comes to the much more of salvation. Most aren't. So I understand why others take on other theories, doctrinal prophetic theories, uh, as as a, as a result of this sort of, you know, uh, uh, standing against uh, do nothing Christians. A lot of Christians just don't do anything. And, and, and so I, I, understand, I understand the problem sometimes. But I, I don't believe you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Amen? Right, brother. That's right. And I think we can get balanced, and I think we can kind of tri- figure this out. But, but he, 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 he believes in preterism, and, and I mean, he's promoting this thing, and he's written like 17 books and pamphlets, and I mean, he just, I mean, he's going crazy on this stuff. And so I just let him talk and let him talk and let him talk. And he said something I had never even heard of before. And I thought, oh, that's a little strange sounding. Uh, doesn't mean maybe he's right or wrong, but it just seemed a little strange to me. Hadn't really thought about it. And, and uh, finally, after we get, got all done, I said, uh, he says, well, what do you think? And I said, uh, well, if I was going to refute preterism, uh, I, I'd have three, three problems with what you believe. I said, the first problem is, I believe there is a second coming, if you will. And, and, and they jump on that, that point. But a return of Christ in the end, whether you want to call it the second coming, whatever you want to call it, that Jesus is coming again, and we're going to stand in his presence one day. So because they don't really believe that, uh, I, I got a problem with preterism. I also have a problem with preterism because, uh, because uh, there in Matthew, it says that that uh, when Jesus, and this is one of the points that the preterists just stick to, 
and beat us over the head with it. And what they say is, Jesus said to those three disciples before they went to the Mount of Transfiguration, before you die, you're going to see me coming with my angels in glory. So they take that literally and they say, he told them they weren't going to die. And so they had to see his coming, so he had to have come back in 70 A.D. when Jerusalem was sacked. And I looked at him, I said, well, if I'm going to refute what you're having to say and what you believe and what you've written in 17 books and pamphlets, uh, I would say that uh, they did see that happen before, the, before, before they died. Because Jesus took them up on the mountain of transfiguration and showed what was to come and showed him his, their com- his coming, and showed them his glory, and showed them everything. In fact, it was so great, they wanted to build three tents and just stay up there on the mountain. If we truly understood all that Christ has prepared for us in the life to come, we would do so much more in the Christian life. If we only, only understood If we could go up on that mountain of transfiguration 2,000 years ago, it would have changed our lives. But God in his word gives us a little glimpse, and I want you to know it should change our lives. I said, so, before they died, they did see him coming. He didn't say a word about that one. (laughs) He didn't say a word about that one. I said, the third thing I would do to refute what you have to say about preterism is that I understand that, that Christ's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. I understand that. And, and, uh, and they're saying that his kingdom is right now, and you know, etc. I said, but you have to understand there are three aspects to his kingdom. There is a spiritual kingdom that we all enter at salvation, at justification, at reconciliation by faith in Christ. There is a coming earthly kingdom that is going to take place for 1,000 years. But because it is an everlasting kingdom, it will be delivered to the Father which is in heaven. And it will be eternal. So there are three aspects. Just as there's five aspects to the gospel, and there are three aspects to salvation, justification, sanctification, uh, glorification. There are three aspects to this kingdom that the Bible speaks of. It's now spiritual. It will one day be earthly for a thousand years, and then it will be eternal when it's delivered to the Father which is in heaven. And so I said, if I was going to refute preterism, those are the three points that I would share with you. And uh, he said, thank you. I paid for lunch. (laughs) We shook hands. We went on down the road. The point is this. Romans chapter 5 and verse 10, it is a continuation between the spiritual kingdom and the millennial kingdom on earth. We are reconciled by his death, but we are saved by his resurrected life. Listen, there's much more. There's much more to the Christian life than just getting saved. As a result, may I say, first of all, there is much more to escape. I want to take some time here. Your pastor told me to take a little extra time today. So I'm going to do that. Uh, but open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 14. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14. I want you to know that there's much more to escape. Because there is much more to the Christian life. There's much more. Because there's much more to getting saved than just getting saved. There's much more to escape. 
Hebrews chapter 12, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 25. It says, See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. There's much more to escape. To escape his wrath, to, 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 to escape uh, hearing, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I never knew you. Uh, to, to, to escape the perils that will come to the disobedient Christian at the judgment, there's much more to escape. Because there's much more to the Christian life, there's much more to trials. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. And look what it says in verse number 7. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 7. That the trial of your faith being, what? Much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. There's much more to trials. We, we go through trials so that we'll have patience and hope and some endurance and uh, Romans chapter 5, the first few verses talk about that, that, that growing experience, that sanctifying experience that, that Christ wants to do in our lives. Uh, there, there are so many Christians, they get saved. They're, they're baby Christians, and they stay babies all their lives. Man, that's the worst kind of Christian. Just the worst kind of Christian. I've got four beautiful daughters, and I want you to know, I, I enjoy seeing them grown up. I, I kind of like my daughters as adults even more than when they were kids. And I liked them when they were kids. But I like them as adults. I like it when they make good decisions. I like it when I see them going to church. I like it when I see them studying the Word of God. I like it when they come home and I get up in the morning and they're over in the corner with their Bibles open. And I, 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 I hear about what they're doing. I hear about what they're giving and what they're tithing and what they're doing for me. I, that, I like that because there's much more to Christianity than just getting saved. Just staying a baby Christian. Oh, there's much more to trials, and God gives us trials and tribulation so that we can grow through those experiences. If we never had any trouble, if we never had any problems, we would never grow like we should. I want you to know that there's also much more to work out. In Philippians chapter 2, verse number 12, it says to work out your salvation. That means work out your sanctification. I want you to know I'm working on my sanctification every single day. Every time I turn on the TV, I got to work out my sanctification. Every time I open up my computer, every time I open up an email, uh, every time I drive down the road and see a, a, a billboard, I'm, I'm always having to work out my sanctification salvation. Because sin is just boom in our face all the time. Books and whatever. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, you, you, you had to work. You had to work at seeing something that wasn't real good. You had to work at it. Today, you don't even have to work at it. <laughs> My dad always used to say, one day when we stand before the Lord, your generation is going to be far more rewarded than my generation because we had to work at sinning. You don't have to work at it as much. 
And, 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 we, and we had to work at, uh, and, and you have to work at not sinning a whole lot more than what we had to do when we were growing up. Because everything is such, you have such access to everything. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what he said, Brother Joy. He'll be not, he would have been 90 years old tomorrow. There's much more to work out. Every day we just got to work on the Christian experience, the Christian life. And if we mess up, man, we get tomorrow to work on it. That, that was the one thing I enjoyed about preaching, about pastoring. If I, if I, if I blew it one Sunday morning... I got to study the next week and come back the the following week and hope they forgot last week and bring them a better message this week. (laughs) I I just got to start over again. Uh, Preaching is like pitching. You know, sometimes you throw throw it in the dirt. Sometimes you throw it over their head. Sometimes they hit a home run. You know, sometimes they, uh, they, they, you know, sometimes you hit the batter with the, with the ball. And then sometimes, man, that ball, I mean, it's a strike right down the pike and man, it feels good. Kind of like playing golf. You'll spend 40 bucks to go play 18 holes, and I want you to know, golf, golf will make a Christian want to cuss. Hardest sport I've ever played in my entire life. Man, it's tough. But you know what? If one time you hit that ball right, it, it'll motivate you to pay another 40 bucks next week to come back and play again. You just get to start over. In the Christian life, we just get to start over every day and work at our salvation, work on our sanctification, work on those things that we messed up on yesterday and we can do better today. Isn't that a wonderful thing? There's much more to work out. There's much more to speak. Look at Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 14. Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 14. Oh, this is a good verse. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are what? Much more. Much more. Bold to speak the word without fear. We, we, we've got to be a witness. We've got to speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. And keep speaking the word of God. We need some confidence. We need to do it without fear. Listen, not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to like me. I know, that, I know that's amazing to some of you, but not everybody likes me. In fact, I don't even always like me. Not everybody's going to like you. You know, as a, as a firstborn son, <clears throat> I think a lot of firstborn children, uh, we, we're, we're pleasers. Any, any firstborn here? Raise your hand. Do you agree with we We like to please people, don't we? Want, except for this guy up here. He, he must have another brother that's older. He just doesn't know it. Because... because <laughs> we're, we're, we're kind of pleasers. We want, everybody, we want everybody to be happy, don't we? We want our kids to be happy. We want our wife to be happy. We, we want the preacher to be We just want everybody to be happy. We, we, we're pleasers. Now, the middle children, any middle children here? Any, any, any middle? You, don't, you, you, you guys don't want to please anybody. Now, firstborn, we want to please everybody. Secondborn, they, you all don't want to please anybody. 
In fact, you enjoy being the secondborn because you don't have to please anybody. And then the thirdborn, the baby, everyone's trying to please them. That's why they're spoiled brats. Any thirdborn children here? Any babies here? You know what I'm talking about. All the ladies, oh no, I won't do that. Not everybody's going to like us. No matter how much we try to please, not everyone's going to like us. Especially if we speak the truth. There's more to speak. And you just got to keep speaking. And there's a kind way to speak. There's a way to contend without being contentious and mean-spirited. And we can be good-spirited. But just tell the truth. And tell the truth in love, as the Bible says. But just keep speaking. There's more to speak. There's more to say. I know your pastor, this kingdom teaching, I mean, he's been beat up all over the world. And he loves it. He's a glutton for punishment. But you know what? Not everybody hates him. 20-some years ago, I didn't get it. I think I've told you this before. I sat down with him at a somewhere, and I said, okay, Brother Joy, explain this thing to me, because I've never heard it and don't get it. Probably 25, 30 years ago. I don't know, 25 years ago. And after he explained it to me, I walked away and said, I still don't get it. <laughs> and I went back home and, and had a little book on the judgment seat of Christ, that little pink book on, from Govey or whoever, and it was, it was, it was on my shelf, and and uh, one day I, I, I had a little time on my hands and I saw that up there and I was never motivated to read it. And finally I just pulled it down one day. The Holy Spirit said, well, get it down. You've got time to read it. I read it and I want you to know it just opened my eyes. It just opened my eyes. And every time I preach here, there's a guy that listens to, listens to me preach and then he beats me up because I'm here preaching for you. Amen. <laughs> but you know what? He's got to keep on. Is this it? See, look at me right here. Yeah, look at me. Brother, if you are a brother, I'm going to keep on speaking. Amen. Whether you like it or not, yeah. just keep on speaking. That's right. Just keep on speaking. Oh, listen, there's much more to salvation. There's much more to speak. Uh, not only that, there's much more to judge. Look at 1 Corinthians 6 3. 1 Corinthians 6 6 3. Know ye not that we shall judge angels? Hmm, that's interesting. How, what? Much more. Things that pertain to this life. If as believers we're going to judge, if we qualify, to judge angels, the only way we're going to qualify to judge angels later is having the discernment and the ability to judge things now and judge things correctly. You see, as I said, this is just, this is just practice for the future. <laughs> this is just practice. There's much more to judge. Not only that, there's much more to faith. Look at Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 30. Matthew 6 and verse number 30. 
Oh, this is a good one. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? There's much more to faith. There's more to faith than just saving faith. There's increasing faith. There's growing faith. There's, there's the faith and there's the faith <laughs> once right. delivered to the saints, which we contend for. The great doctrine and body of belief found in the Word of God. There's more to faith than just saving faith. The disciple said, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. When I started out six Now I'm in my seventh year. And I've been asking God over the last several months, Lord, in this seventh year, do something for advance like you've never done. And when we started out six years ago, uh, at the end of 2015, beginning of 2016, uh, I mean, we had no money in the bank. Uh, Ministerially-wise, we, 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 I had no place to preach. Uh, I said, Lord, uh, whatever love offerings you give me, if you just give me a place to preach, we'll give you all the love offerings for missions. And we've been doing that for the last six years. Because I, I just wanted God, I wanted the much more. I wanted God to do much more with me than what he had done up to 60 years of age. You know, someone told me, a friend of mine told me, that the most productive years of a a person is from 60 to 70. The second most productive years, decade, of a person is from 70 to 80. And the third is from 50 to 60. So from 60 to 80... Those two decades, there's a lot to do. There's much more to do. There's much more to accomplish. And back six years ago, it, it, it took some faith to start 27 churches, to, to, to support 27 church planners around the world. And then it took a little more faith in 2018 to do 54. And it took a little more in 2019 to do 100. And it took a little more to do another 100. And, 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 and this year, it's taken more to, to, to do uh, 200 churches this year. And I'm about $29,000 short uh, between now and the end of the year of fulfilling all of our, our goals. And, and the next year, we want to do 500 churches over the next 10 years for 5,000 total churches. That's 300000 a year, $3 million over the next decade. I want you to know, I have no idea how that's going to take place. All I know is this. My Heavenly Father owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the wealth in every mine. All I know is He wants to give me faith but he also wants my faith to increase. There's much more to faith than when I got saved at six years of age. And there's much more that he wants us to do and wants to accomplish through us if we'll just have the faith to believe that he can do it through us. There's much more to faith. But also look at Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11. There's much more to prayer. Matthew 7, in verse 11. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more, much more, shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask Him? 
What have you asked for lately? I know you have some building projects going on here at the church. What are we asking him for? What are we believing him for? There's much more to prayer. Someone once said, we'll be so, so surprised when we get to heaven how much was accomplished because of prayer and how much could have been accomplished if only we had prayed. And so every day I come down from my bedroom, I sit in the same chair, I drink my two cups of coffee. Lester Roloff would not be happy. But I drink my two cups of coffee. I read a little bit and I pray. I pray for my children. I pray for my grandchildren. I pray for my wife. I pray for our former church. I pray for different individuals. I I pray for advance. I pray for the church planners. I, I pray for the funds that God would provide for us so we can do much more. Because there's much more to prayer than just praying a sinner's prayer. There's much more prayer. And I don't know what your need is here today, but God wants to meet it. And God wants to answer your prayer. And God wants to give you the desires of your heart. And when our desires match up with his desires, it takes place every time. Can I end with this? <clears throat> There's much more to do. Look at Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14. Read this verse with me. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Why did he save you? To serve the living God. I want you to know there's much more to do. Much more to do. Much more to give. Much more to sacrifice. Much more to surrender. Much more service to accomplish. There's just so much more to do. I can't imagine at 64, retiring, going to my basement, and watching reruns for the rest of my life. When from 60 to 70 and 80, uh, and 70 to 80 are the most productive years of a man. I can't imagine going to my basement and watching reruns of Archie Bunker. These kids are saying, Archie who? Or whatever your favorite show may be, if you even watch TV, or whatever you do in your spare time, whatever you do. This has been the next 20, 30 years of our lives doing very little. I want to do more than I've ever done. I want to accomplish more than I've ever accomplished. I want to give more than I've ever given. I want, to, I, I, I want to support church planners like we've never supported them in the past. When I stand before the Lord, I need all the rewards I can get. I don't know about you, but 
Sometimes I'm just a sorry, I'm just a sorry individual. Anybody, anybody else here just sorry sometimes? I'm just a sorry individual. Just a sinner saved by grace. I'm no better than anybody else. I just get up every day and just try to be better. And involve myself in the much more of justification. Hebrews 11 describes it as better things. Hebrews describes it as things accompanying salvation. Romans describes it as much more. A few years ago, I was here in Springfield, went to lunch with an old classmate. We were um, roommates also, and uh, he now has a business here in town and has done very, very well. And... um, his dad was a pastor. He worked with him for about 10 years. And I don't know why he left the ministry, but he did. But he's involved in his local church and, and uh, took over his father-in-law's business. And, um, and he, he's made a lot of money. And we were talking one day and, and at lunch a few years ago. And he, he, they had adopted a, 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 a young lady. And she, she, she had been saved when she was young. He talked about how he remember, remember when she got saved. And and uh, but now she was off in Las Vegas, and she was living with her boyfriend, and she weren't they weren't in church, and they weren't serving the Lord, and 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 she just had disappointed them so much, and and uh, he he looked at me and he said, I, I'm not even sure she's saved. Well, I'm not I'm not her judge. I'm not anybody's judge of who and who isn't saved. But I looked at him and I said this. I said, you know what? I said I've learned something over the last 40 plus years. And that is, God makes salvation so simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And I don't know if your daughter is saved or if she's not saved or she needs to be. I I don't know. But if she made a profession of faith and she called upon the name of the Lord and you remember that day and it was a wonderful experience, I'm just going to believe that Jesus saved her. I said, but after salvation... It's just all about reward. Just all about reward. What kind of reward, what kind of inheritance are we going to experience? And he looked at me and he says, I appreciate that. (laughs) It gave him a different perspective. And you know what? She married the guy. They're back in Springfield. They're going to church. That's a good thing, isn't it? That's a good thing. And that's, that's, what, that's what Christ specializes in. He specializes in saving the sinner and then just giving us the much more of salvation. And it doesn't always happen overnight. Sometimes our kids, man, they do great. Sometimes they really mess up. Then they come back to the Lord and they've got something to come back to. We thank the Lord for that. It's better not to mess up at all. All you kids are listening to me. It's better not to mess up at all. Believe me. Better. And I'm one of those kids. I grew up in a preacher's home. I went off to Bible college. I've been in the ministry 45 years. I'm not perfect. 
I, you know, nobody told me I could go to college and mess up. Nobody, nobody told me that. I could go to college and just party for four years. I, I, I didn't know that I could do that. No one gave me permission. Well, I thought I had to go, keep my nose clean, make good grades, graduate on time, go get a job, serve the Lord, finally buy a house, get a white picket fence, put a dog in there, finally find a wife, have some kids. I, I didn't know I could have fun. Now, that's the best fun you can have because it'll bring peace in your life. It'll bring peace in your life. You don't want to mess up. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. You see, we are reconciled by the death of Christ. But much more, we are saved, we are delivered. From and into the world to come, which is going to be a better life. Much more to salvation. Better things. Lord Jesus, we thank you for faith, patience, inherited promises, blessings, heirs of promise, hope, better things. Lord, we thank you for the much more. Lord, help us to cling to those things that accompany salvation, to join ourselves to them, and make them a part of our lives. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us today. Lord, forgive us where we have failed you. Lord, Young people who are here today, Lord, may they serve you all the days of their lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As we close, let me just leave with you the three most hated men in the world.